Hello, Jay Bevan. Peace to you, brothers and sisters. We'll continue our series of messages, The Master's Design. And the Master's Design for the Husband. Last week, we saw how the master designed for the wife. How the wife should be a helpmate for her husband. There's one possible way of how you can be a good helper. Please remember. You need to be his helpmate and not to bind him. A good helper should accept your role as the helpmate, should submit to your husband as to the Lord. As wife, you should respect your husband as to the Lord. And now we'll look at the role of a husband. Allow me to explain this with three words that begins with letter L. Leader, lover, learner. Uh, these are the roles or responsibilities that God wanted the husband to have. First, leader. You should be a good leader at home. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. As husband, you are the head of your wife. And as, as a husband, as the leader, you have to lead. Husbands, you are the leaders of your family. But of course, as the head, you'll encounter heart, heart, uh, headache. That's why being the head, you will encounter headaches. Being the head, you must be willing to take responsibility. What do we mean by taking responsibilities? Whenever a problem would appear, the head should face these problems boldly and courageously. You have to bear upon yourself this responsibility. That's why you are called the head. You are the leader. Whenever a problem would come out, usually there are three responses. First, you tend to avoid responsibilities. Second, you tend to push away, push, push aside your responsibility. And the third is to take on this responsibility. In the Bible, three biblical characters can provide a very good explanation. Adam was somebody who avoided his responsibility. When Adam followed Eve's suggestion to take the fruit from the tree of distinguishing the good and evil, 
after they took the fruit, they realized that they made a mistake. When God entered the Garden of Eden, and when God was searching for the creature he created, and he called his name Adam, Adam. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. It's our human nature. Whenever we face a problem, the first response is to escape, run away. To escape from such responsibilities. And Adam hid himself inside these uh, trees in the garden. And some husbands, they would hide themselves in other places. They would indulge in drinking and they would drink a lot of uh, liquor as if all the problems will disappear in their drinking. While other husbands, they tend to gamble. It seems that their problems could be uh, eliminated in the casinos. While other men, they would uh, run away from their problems by taking on drugs. And all of this would lead to that end. Problems will never be resolved. And you'll find the problems getting more and more serious. And Adam escaped from his problems. How about Saul? King Saul pushed away his responsibilities. You know how Saul uh, uh, disobeyed God's commandment because he performed the sacrifices by himself. Even if he has the position of a king, but he is not a priest, he has no right to offer sacrifices. After he offered the sacrifices, Prophet Samuel came to uh, uh, rebuke him. You know how Saul replied? What have you done? Asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw the men were scattering, and that you did not come at a set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash. You know how Saul replied? My men were all scattering because you didn't come on the set time. And my enemies, the Philistines, were assembling. I have no other recourse. It's not my problem. Other people's problem. My people were scattering. The prophet was late. My enemies were around. I have no recourse. So and that's why I have to perform the sacrifice. As if Saul said that it's not my fault, but other people's fault. It's also a human nature to abdicate his or her responsibility. When God questioned Adam, what have you done? 
阿当就印象啲啊。You know how Adam replied? Silly, how I this blue, how I eat. The woman you have created for me, she is the one who gave me the fruit. What does it mean? What does it mean? It's not my problem. It's your problem. Because this woman was somebody you gave me. It's the issue with the woman. She gave me the fruit. So it seems that it has nothing to do with me. It's all about others. That's our human nature. And you know that path should never be taken. If you love to play basketball, few years ago, there's a very well-known uh, NBA basketball player. Jeremy Lin. I believe many basketball fans would remember this name. Uh, certain period of time he was so popular. And I love the comment he made once. When during interview, Credit goes to the entire team when the team wins. The responsibility is mine when the team loses. This man knows how to carry on his responsibilities. Many times he behaves on the contrary. We always blame other people whenever our team loses. And we tend to have all the credits if our team wins. May the Lord help us. And let us not uh, abdicate our responsibilities. We thank God. The third biblical character provides an example. King David. David was a man who took on his responsibilities. Even if uh, it's a big sin, it's also considered a sin in the same way. Small sin is a sin. Now, and that's not an incorrect description. In order to encourage us not to commit any sin. But please remember. Every sin that you have committed would have its serious consequences. If I kill a person, it's murder. Why don't I just kill a hundred person? Because there are several degree of seriousness behind each sin. Both Saul and David committed sin. But if you view it carefully, you all know that what uh, David committed, that sin is greater than Saul's. The first sin Saul commit, committed was he offered the sacrifice by himself. And he disobeyed God. How about David? What sin has he committed? He committed murder. He committed adultery. And why is it that God has forgiven David and not Saul? It's a matter of one's attitude. After Saul sinned, 
呢就是推卸家己嘅责任。He、uh, push away his responsibilities。唔着都是白谂唔着。And he always blame faults at other people。但当 David 号上帝嚟紧责备以后 ，When David was rebuked by Prophet Nathan， 你头先我哋讲咩 ？The first statement David made was， 我犯罪得罪了上帝咯。I've sinned against God。以圣灵家己犯了罪。David confessed and acknowledged the sin he has committed. And David was willing to accept the consequences of his sin. And God punished him for the child that he bore out of wedlock with Bathsheba. Even if David fasted without food or drink for seven days and nights, David pleaded for mercy and forgiveness from God. After seven days, but seven days later, and God did not accept and agree to forgiving David. And this child eventually died. And how what happened next by David is considered very special. And David willingly accept God's punishment for him. And he did not say any single word. Instead, he returned back to worshiping and praying to God. For he knew that it's a responsibility that I should bear. Dear brothers, after you become the husband of another person, you have to accept that you are the head of this family. You need to be the leader of this family. And carry on and took on the responsibility of this family. Bravely face the problems ahead of you. And not to push aside this responsibility to your wife or to your children. The role that God has created for man is for him to be responsible. May the Lord help us. The second role. The role of a lover. You know when two persons would be would be married in a ceremony before man and God. No one will have any No one will have any single doubt whether these two persons truly love each other or not. All of us truly believe a hundred percent that these two persons love each other to the point that they are willing to be husband and wife before men. Especially when the couple being married would announce their vows to each other. And many times our hearts are moved and touched by their vows, and we rejoice with their vows. And we realize how much they love each other. But why come? How come? A few years later, when problem arised, and a few years later, some couples even. Ended their marriage with divorce. Does that mean that the vows they made, the wedding ceremony, was a fake? Does that mean that they don't love each other? No. 
These two people truly love each other. They only love one thing. They forgot that they should continue maintaining their marriage. Work on their marriage. They forgot to continue to work on with their marriage. Especially the husband. After we got married, some men tend to think that the ceremony is over because she is now my wife. I, I need not do anything for her. No, it's wrong. That's wrong. You know, uh, the real understanding and knowing each other begins after marriage. Because now they need to spend 24 hours each day of their time together. Then you truly understand what kind of a husband he is. What kind of a wife she is. In during that time, it's a time for you to learn how to love <laughs> the other person. In the 60s, and in mainland China, my lover, uh, that the, in, in China, they tend to introduce their wife as my lover. <laughs> if you're not accustomed to it, you'll find that it's uh, uh, un, uh, uh, <laughs> unusual. <laughs> my lover. You'll introduce your husband or your wife as <laughs> my lover. And truly, it's a very appropriate and nice, nice description. That person really is your lover. The husband should be the lover of the wife in the same way that the wife should be the lover of uh, her husband. Especially as husbands. Iron lover. You should continue to be the lover of your wife. How can you how can you be a lover of your wife? In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 23 to 25. It teaches us how to be a lover. And three types of love. Number one, first, unconditional love. The unconditional love. In chapter 5, uh, verse 25. Husbands, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church. Do you think the church is truly lovable? And are you lovable? Am I lovable? Pardon me to say that many churches are not lovable. Because there are so many weaknesses in churches. Because inside these churches, they have so many quarrels and misunderstanding and forming parties. And to the point that you'll see church split and to be split again. And the church itself is not lovable. And yet, there's no diminishing of God's love towards His church. God loves His church with an unconditional love. 
Not because we are lovable. Because God Himself is love. As two sinners would spend their time together. It's not possible for these two individuals not to have any conflict at all. But when God would tell the husband, You have to love your wife. Not because she deserves your love. Because she is your, your wife. And just like what I said last week, as wife, you need to submit to your husband. Not because he is capable. Not because he is such a leader. Because he is your husband. We love our wives because she is our wife. I don't know if you still recall the testimony I shared about the former U.S. President Jimmy Carter and his wife Rosalind Carter. Jimmy Carter was the 39th President of the United States of America. And she was exceptionally particular about his time. And he was very displeased. He was very irritated by people who are late. And his own wife, Rosalind, uh, she would not put much emphasis on the prompt, uh, punctuality and promptness. Not because she is always late. But she was not so particular about being on the dot and on time. And maybe as a female, sometimes they would need time for makeup. And oftentimes, uh, the ex-president Carter would argue with his wife because while waiting for her to prepare herself. One time, and the birthday of his wife, Rosalind, Jimmy Carter told his wife, I will give you a very special gift this year. From this year onward, I will never get mad at you while waiting for you. It's a very special type of gift. It means that uh, the ex-president would wait patiently for his wife. And later on, in her own testimony, beginning the year 1980, and Jimmy never got mad at me again even when I'm late. And she considered the greatest gift she has received in her own life. Dear brothers, I don't know what kind of weaknesses your wife may have. And I'm not aware of any dissatisfaction that you have towards your wife. Please learn how to accept your wife. Accept her unconditionally. And that's what we mean by unconditional love. The second type of love is called sanctifying love. And verses 26 to 27, to make her holy, 
cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. When Christ cleansed the church with water and with his word, the water represent purification. And during this pandemic, we tend to wash our hands many times because the water has the cleansing effect. In the same way, the word of God, like water, can cleanse our life. The word of God can cleanse the dirt within our life, in our heart. And as husbands, we have this responsibility. We need to sanctify and fulfill our wife. That our wife may become a radiant, glorified body of Christ. I wonder if you have come across this story. It's a story about nine cows. It's a very funny and special story. In an island in the Pacific Ocean, if you want to get married to a wife, you should prepare your dowry for this woman. And in that island, only cows are accepted as a form of dowry to marry your wife. Uh, normally, for each family, two or three cows are required to act as the dowry for your future wife. Maybe if the lady is exceptionally beautiful, uh, the husband-to-be may uh, offer four to five cows. And one time, a man offered nine cows to his wife-to-be as a dowry. And that is something uh, unexpected and never has happened. And many people are so Curious. What kind of a lady is worth nine cows? So during that time, many came to take a look. After they take a second look at that lady, many of them were disappointed. Though she is not as ugly, but definitely she is not worth nine cows. So some people, they thought that this groom was deceived or fooled by other persons. However, Two years later, anyone who come across this bride and when they see the wife that this man had, all of them would praise this wife with thumbs up. This woman is really worth the nine cows of dowry. Not only was she beautiful, 
高贵品格的来面呢。And she uh exhibit such a virtuous character. 男人们这个新郎了。And men start to ask the question to the groom, the husband. 看了你的新郎就安利啊。And they ask him, how come your wife became like that? And the husband made this very meaningful reply. You just don't know. That's the way with women. It depends on how much you value this woman. If you think that she is worth nine cows, then she will、uh, behave like she is worth nine cows. If you think that she is only worth two cows, then the, that's the way how she'll behave. And I let her know that she's worth nine cows. Oh, this guy, bring him out. Oh, slowly, out. His his character, his character, is worth nine cows. And then gradually and slowly, this woman manifested her value worth nine cows. Wow, this story is one of the most important lessons. This story provided a very important reminder to husbands like us. Chairman, please. Let me ask you. In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows is your wife worth? You know what kind of cows are you? In your own heart, how many cows You may ask why did she、uh, look like that after she got married to you? It's because you have not fulfilled her wish. May the Lord help us. The third type of love, self-loving type of love. Verses twenty-eight to thirty. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of His body. You love your wife as if you love your own bodies. It's such an easy. And、uh, so simple truth. No one does not know how to look after their own body. What's the meaning of loving your own body? When you're hungry, you look for food. When you're thirsty, you look for something to drink. If you're cold, you need to wear something. As simple as that. So, if you love your wife, it's as if you're loving your own body. And you should never mistreat your wife. Dear husbands, please remember what I'll. No husband should move their hands against the wife. It's not supposed to be. If you have done that before, maybe if she has forgotten or not mentioned about it, please remember. You need to go to your wife and say, "Please forgive me." 
you need to uh, ask forgiveness from your wife. And ask your wife to forgive you. Because and the hurt is very deep in their heart. May the Lord help us. Not only should you not move your hand as husbands, uh, you should not uh, keep on uh, uh, saying with your words. It's a verbal abuse. Even if you do not move your hand nor say with words, if you put upon the shoulder of your wife responsibilities or burden at home and that's also incorrect because you need to love your wife as if you love your own bodies you don't like to carry a lot of burdens upon your body you should love and treat your wife with the same type of love because we are the lover of our wife that's the second important responsibility may the Lord help us the third L learn uh, to be the learner in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7 husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the glorious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers you, you need to understand the description the weaker partner it doesn't mean to say that women are inferior to men because women are weaker than men because this weakness does not pertain to the weakness of physical character because as women it's easier for them to enter the world of emotion because the emotional state of a woman is easily affected and influenced and that's the reason why women tend to cry easier men tend to behave rationally Man will resolve with their thinking, not with their heart. It doesn't mean to say that men are far better than women. And men could be considered as insensitive. And the description of being a weaker partner pertains to the emotional side and not to other things. If you understand this, then you'll understand the explanation of this verse. We are all aware the differences between men and women. And that's why Apostle Paul said, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Considerate in the original context, it means knowledge. As husbands, we need to live or cohabitate with our wives with our knowledge. So that we know. 
that our wife is uh, your wife is different from you. You need to understand the emotional world of your wife. It's a very interesting book. Men are from Mars and women from Venus. Even if it's not a Christian book, but uh, the book is very good. Maybe you can start reading this book. So that you'll understand the differences between men and women. You need to understand that your wife is from a different planet than you, from you. That's why we need to learn. As a learner, we need to learn how to face the emotional world that our wives live in. Allow me to share with you these two important points. First, you need to start by changing yourself. If you want to be a learner, you need to learn how to change yourself. Because every person needs to improve. If you do not change, then you will not improve. The Chinese has this very, very good saying. Learning is like rowing against the tide or against the current. As soon as you stop rowing, you will drift back. It means that unless you are improving, then you are deteriorating. Many times we tend to feel that I've been a very good husband, a good father, and a good brother. But in reality, there might still be a distance between that. In humility, we need to learn how to change ourselves. But please remember, uh, never has a person been able to change another individual. Husbands, you'll never change your wife. In the same way, wife, you cannot change your husband. In the same way, parents, father and mother, you cannot change your child. In the same way, children, you will never change your parents. The only person that can change you is yourself. Everything would start by changing yourself. A very uh, meaningful story. Uh, there was one time a country where no one wears shoes. And beginning from the top, the king, he, he is uh, shoeless. One time, 
when the king visited the province or the village. And because the king was without a shield, and he got himself hurt by walking inside the village. And the king was not happy and he was so angry. He gave this law. He wanted to cover every road, every street in his country with cowhide. Do you know how many streets, how many roads are there in his country? Even if you will uh, slaughter all the cows in that kingdom, it's the cowhide is insufficient to cover all the roads. And there was a very wise man who made this proposal to the king. King, even if the uh, all the cows in our uh, kingdom will be slaughtered, the cowhide will not be sufficient to cover each road. Why? Why don't you just cover your own feet with the cowhide? So that wherever you go, you'll not be afraid. You need not cover all the roads of your kingdom. And the king was so impressed by such suggestion. You need not change your environment. You just change yourself. Bernard Shaw once made this statement. The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. A wise man, a mature person, will learn how to change himself or herself. It's only when you change yourself that you will discover that people surrounding you will change. After you change yourself, then you'll find out your wife will change. Your children will change. Because everything would start from you. The second reminder, may I propose? You must have a practical action plan. You need to begin with your action if you want to be an uh, action person. If you want to be a learner, you need to increase your knowledge. There are so many ways to do it. You can study. And we know that some people dislike schools. And some people, they attend seminars. They, some other people, they prefer to watch it on video. It, is, it doesn't matter. You learn with the ways and means that you uh, favor and like. The more important thing is put into action. You need to put this into action. Don't aim or aspire to be a better father or a better husband, but do nothing about it. You need to act 
courageously and boldly. Saul was 失败的，就是这个所在。And this is where Saul failed. 呢就一大笔胡能拜胡汤将苏罗拍死啦。On two different occasions, David was presented by the chance to kill Saul. 后来扫罗知一这样大事以后 ，And when Saul found this out， 你讲先而将我讲 ，Let's read how the Bible says。你流墨西多下讲 ，Saul cried out to David and say， 我唔掉咯，我唔掉咯 ，I'm wrong。你是良善嘅，我是邪恶嘅。You are a better person and a wicked and evil one。但真奇怪 ，But surprisingly， 冇落姑咧。Not long thereafter， 你继续嘅爱嘅爱嘅拜帕西 David。And Saul continued pursuing with his desire to kill David。你讲真讲。Even if he realized he was wrong, and yet he never changed. The Chinese has this saying. The Chinese character of、uh, repentance. It's, it's made by these two Chinese characters with two different meanings. The first character, Hui, means regret. And guy means to correct or to change. So, repentance acknowledge the mistake in your heart and show it or prove it by the action taken thereafter. May the Lord help us. If you truly want to be a learner, And not just thinking how to improve in your head. Practically and realistically, show it by the actions that you'll take thereafter. Our Creator God has given husbands three letter L. We are leader. We are lover. We are learner. For us to be the Diangshu, the Aidin, the Hakshipcha. So God will bless us. May the Lord help us. Allow us to be the husbands that follow Solomon's wisdom. Allow us to be the husbands that follow Solomon's wisdom. Allow us to be the husbands that follow Solomon's wisdom. Allow us to be the husbands that follow Solomon's wisdom. Allow us to be the husbands that follow Solomon's wisdom. Allow us to be the husbands that follow Solomon's wisdom. Next week, we will find out what the masters designed for children. Today, as we pray for brothers who are husbands in our midst, may the Lord help us. May we be the husbands God wanted us to be according to His design. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. That as we ponder and think and discuss about the design God has for husbands, we specifically pray for each brother in our midst, and we pray for ourselves. Lord, we know that you wanted us to be a good leader. Many times we are scared and we dare not take on this responsibility. But may the Lord help us. Give us the strength. Whatever issues or challenges or problems in our families, help us not to run away from the responsibilities just like Adam. Help us not to abdicate or push away our responsibilities just like King Saul. We pray that just like King David, we took, take on the responsibilities. 
Please help us as we learn how to be the lover of our wives. That we may love our own wife as Christ loved the church. Even if our wives is not are not perfect. And maybe we realize and discover her mistakes or weaknesses. But God, you have never forsaken nor departed from us. We pray that you help us learn how to be like Christ. And to love our spouses just like Christ loved with this unconditional love. And give us the strength to love our wives so that they will grow to be more and more glorified like the body of Christ. Please help us to learn with humility and how to be a better husband, how to understand our wife. And sometimes we really do not understand. Please help us to learn because throughout our life we ought to be a continuous learner. And we pray for brothers and sisters in our church. We pray for those who are husbands or for those who are wives. And last, last week we learned the responsibilities of a wife. And today we learn the responsibilities of a husband. Allow us to work harmoniously together. As we carry our own individual burdens. And as we learn how to carry the other person's burden. For two of us are one flesh. And together, as we build up the marriage and the family that God has entrusted us. And protect our discussion in our life group, in our small groups. That we may candidly and honestly discuss our own individual challenges and problems. And may our brothers and sisters in our group be supportive and encourage us. Together, as we a journey towards the glorious family that God has provided us. We thank God. Listen to our prayers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Amen. 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 Brothers and sisters, next week we'll discuss the master's design for children. In the, weeks to in the week to come, let us discuss this message carefully in our life group. As we learn how to be the husband God wanted us to be. May God bless you. See you next week. God bless you.